0: Hello and welcome back to the For Foot Sake podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Bristow, and today's pod we have two returning guests and one brand new guest. First, returning guest is Slater C. Slater. Welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thank you again for having me, Bristy.
0: Slater, I know you've reached the promised land of rank one this weekend, but how have your experiences kind of changed since we've last spoken uh, regarding FIFA this year?
1: Um, I mean, since the last time we spoke, I definitely was frustrated with the game. I thought the patch did help, um, in some way. And we'll probably touch on that here in the future. Um, but I definitely helped a little bit, but I was very frustrated with the gameplay, but I felt, I mean, we is so more casual this year than it has been in previous years, which I think is just a massive bonus overall regardless of how the gameplay feels. It makes it feel that much better because I got gifted, you know, four wins to be honest on my road to rank one. So that's something that never happened, um, in the previous years of FIFA. So although I don't love FIFA 22, uh, it doesn't mean that I still don't enjoy playing the game in some capacity. And yes, I am a rank one athlete, and now I can, I don't have to play the game ever again if I don't want to because I'm the best. I'm basically a pro player.
0: And I know you're a competitive person too. Do you feel like foot champs this year satisfies that kind of competitive streak with you or not? Because myself, I feel like at times, we league again, it's nice that it's relaxing, it's fairly comfortable for the most part. But do you feel like it's competitive enough, would you say?
1: Yeah, for me it is, and uh, I, I definitely am a competitive person, maybe to a, a, one of my greater faults as a human being, but I would also say that I don't I don't look back at the time that I was playing foot champs for the past three, four years and think about being in game 26 and having to win the last four games or something like that and, and having it define my weekend and all the hours I spent. I mean, I just did a weekend league where I got the highest rank I did in four hours, and that's something that was physically impossible in previous years so although i'm not you know hitting a rank that maybe means something the way that it used to the rewards are better and i feel less stress so to me that's worth it and and worth me losing that competitive spirit maybe a little
0: bit yeah no definitely on our next returning guest zero iq tv zero welcome back to the podcast oh it's a pleasure always a pleasure And zero, I know you had some issues early on with the playoffs in weekend league, but have you found yourself kind of enjoying FIFA more now that you've been able to qualify or are you kind of still having the same kind of issues that you've had previously with the game?
2: Um, I don't know when my qualifying issues will start, man. It something about qualifiers. Like you do qualifiers. I'm struggling. Like this last qualifier was the only one where it wasn't down to the last game for me. And I just, I see people that are like sweeping it. They're going eight and one, they're going five and oh. And I'm over here struggling so hard. I don't understand what's going on. And then I get into the weekend league and it's like, where were these guys when I was trying to qualify that I could have played them in qualifiers and gotten the easy wins. Um, so I don't really understand it, but you know, uh, I became no raid zero last week and it was fine. It was blissful this week. Not so much. I'm struggling again. I'm on the struggle bus big time. I raced so hard last stream. It was uh, it's pretty bad.
0: But would you say you're enjoying this FIFA more than the last FIFA? Or are you kind of you're at a weird point in the game currently?
2: Um, I mean, last year I put some money in the game and uh, had some super crazy players all year. So it was obviously more fun than playing a first owner RTG where you're. Sitting here looking at players that are like you're like I don't want to play with this guy anymore, but I have no other options. Uh, so it is a little tough in that sense. In terms of gameplay, I I don't know they're kind of even for me.
0: Do you think you're going to stick with the first owner RTG all the way through though? Or are you just kind of going through it for now, and you'll see in the future? Are you fully committed?
2: I think I'm fully committed at this point. I think I'm in too deep to to give up on it.
0: Yeah, we'll see about that. Um, I know you're saying it now, but I know if you don't qualify a few more times a week in the league, I can see you uh, chucking some FIFA points on here and there. I know, I know yeah, what you're no. like. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But then we're going to go to our brand new guest, Paulie. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me on. Paulie, for you, how's your experience been with the game so far this year?
3: Uh, so for me, obviously, I am a trader. So I'm quite, I play the game quite differently to a lot of other people. So the one advantage to being a trader is there's not as much uh, emphasis on gameplay to actually get good cards because the whole idea is that you can play the menus and eventually you can just buy the cards you want. But I do enjoy playing FIFA as well. That's the reason I want the good cards. And for me, this year has been a little bit like Last year was quite simple because we had a lot of content early on. So acquiring coins was really easy. Uh, I, I had mid R9 pretty quick and mid R9 could make a terrible player look fantastic. He did wonders for me. Um, but this year has been a little bit more of a grind. But saying that, I think because of how people have been struggling to obtain coins a lot of time, the, uh, the the kind of teams that everyone has is quite a level playing field for the most part. So when I go into games, I don't necessarily feel like, even though we're all struggling, it feels like everyone's struggling to make coins. And every so often you'll come against that one person that quite clearly has dumped four or five figures into the game early on. Um, and you just have to shake your fist at them and be gone with them. Uh, but other than that, I, I've actually, I've quite enjoyed this FIFA so far um, even though it's a very different experience to last FIFA and I think that's why trading has its advantages because every FIFA, even when the gameplay is terrible, you can always fall back on like, well at least I've got a massive pile of coins to play with.
0: Yeah, no exactly as far as trading goes, I know the market this year is very low. Would you say trading's been harder this year or easier? Trading
3: at this point is a lot harder
0: simply because
3: you have to really be quick on knowing what angles to push. Uh, When they drop SPCs, you have to, if there is an SPC that's worthwhile, you have to move so quick on it because everyone is so hungry to make coins this year that everyone is is focused on it. I know that um, when we had the SPC drop the other day that caused the off-league big nation players to rise in price those players just flew within seconds last year you would normally have about a 20 to 30 second reaction window on that this year it's been cut down to about five seconds if you hesitate even for a second on one of those players that's it your opportunity's gone um so i think that hunger's there with a lot of people to learn how to trade which is good but my god the market at the moment is making everyone so competitive on just trying to get that step ahead of people
0: yeah now it should be interesting to see how it kind of changes i know well obviously now promos are coming the kind of more special cars into the game kind of more end top end cards but remains to be seen how they try and boost up kind of these say fodder cars and i think even cars like even bruno fernandez is down to about 50k right now you can't make those kind of good meta cards more expensive, you can only hope to increase the price really in the sense of a a fodder kind of value really. So interesting to see what happens with them. I know people are saying about icon SBCs. Maybe soon that might bring it up. But again, speaking to Teddy in the past as well about kind of fodder prices, it's tough right now because it's all in EA's hand and we don't know when they're going to drop something or or what's going to change. But I do want to get into the first kind of topic today. We're going to go over road to the final team two, obviously road to the or road to knockout stages actually they change it this year team two already looks a lot better than team one but i want to get want to get your guys takes on that zero i want to go to you first though so what have you made of the road to knockout promo so far
2: uh so in terms of the promo as a whole not a huge fan i'm assuming that they will be doing a road to the final team after this or two teams i don't know uh i'd hope so uh, because this one's kind of lackluster to me. I know it's early in the game, but uh, it's really just not super exciting. I mean, there's some exciting players in it, but it's really just not anything crazy for me personally. So, I mean, the SBCs have been pretty, eh. uh The objective's terrible. I don't know why they gave that, that cruise card. Uh, you, they should have just left that. We didn't even need to see it. <laughs> Uh, Bernardo Silva and Politano look okay but I think it's just very meh for me I think I just prefer to just have road to the final and just skip this road to the knockout promo
0: yeah no it's a weird one I know I think the reason why they did it was to kind of stop that these cards that get released so early have the potential to be as good as their TOTS cards and no lash we had the Mason Mount and the Jao Cancelo who both of their road to the final cards they've got did so well in the Champions League that actually their TOTS cards were about the same level as those UCL road to the final cards but Zero, for you, would you say team two is a lot better than team one?
2: I think team two is definitely better than team one. Like obviously team one had Sun uh, and Marquinhos, but the rest of it was is was pretty sad. And then this one we've got De Young, Werner, Jesus Navas looks good, Diato looks good, El Serrari looks good. There's all like all kinds of usable players in the second team. First team was just like one big player, and then the rest kind of very mediocre. Um, what I did think was it would have been cool if they made like a third, like stipulation. So like there's the two right now where it's like three wins in the last games. Plus, um, if they get through that's two different upgrade opportunities, it would have been cool if they added like a third where if they like completed all three, then their card would become a road to the final card. And that card would continue upgrading throughout the year. It would have just been I feel like that would have spiced it up a bit more, but
0: No, I I like that addition again. It just gives kind of these cards can be good to trade with too. Again, them their value can fly up massively if they get a wins or they're close to that wins as well. So any kind of additional stuff will be good there. And it kind of it does make it interesting again. A lot of these promos, what you get is you get a promo team. You get those players, you get the upgrades, that's it, no more. But obviously, I know going off last year, especially with the What If promo, they're trying to add in these more stipulations throughout to kind of make people more interested in real-life football, which again has been a bonus, especially going off last year too with the showdown cards too, which everybody seemed to love. But Paulie, for you next, have you liked the Road to Knockout promo so far? What have you made of it?
3: So um, one thing that I was trying to explain to some of the guys the other day is um, one of the things that, people struggle with with the one to watch promo in the road to the knockout is that ea don't really have much wiggle room on these types of cards because they have to be based on the actual real life attributes of these players you know um it's a champions league card therefore giving marquinhos 93 pace is not going to be acceptable um it still has to be based around a, a acceptable upgrade on their base card When we move forward into other promos, that's obviously when EA can get a little bit more inventive. And that's when we tend to see these sort of wacky cards. And the wacky cards are the ones that people like, Adama Traoray with 99 pace and and stuff like that. Um, So I can understand why people have a problem with it, but the first two promos we have during the year, nearly always are the tamest ones. But at the same time, looking at the cards that we have, I can understand why EA did it. Now, from a current situation you would go well there's only a couple of cards that are even worth having even in your club having at this point yeah that's considering the current state of the game however if we happen to get the Eredivisie milestone again all of a sudden Gravenbirch becomes a super valuable player to have Uh, if we get a Turkish League milestone all of a sudden Texera becomes incredibly valuable you never know when we might have a requirement to play with uh Liga Nos players and then Manafa's card goes up it's all these little things that sort of people don't really give them because we don't know what the future is we don't know what the end game is I like to think at EA's headquarters they have a whiteboard which has sort of jitterings on it of (laughs) stuff that's gonna happen you know you'd hope so and that they would go, well, you know, if we release this Graven Birch card now in, in three weeks time when we release the Eredivisie milestone, he's going to be worth having in your club and, and and stuff like that. Same with, you know, you think a card like Lucas Verissimo, who looks like a very strong centre back right now is basically worthless to people other than Fodder. However, if you suddenly need a Brazilian centre back or you need a, uh, a Benfica centre back that becomes super valuable. So these cards right now might not be amazing for a lot of people, but give it some time and some of these cards that seem sort of not valuable will start to seem valuable. And I mean, when you have players like Fred, I know why Fred was put in. Fred was put in to bridge the gap between Alan and Kante in the Premiership Centre Defensive Mid Department. That's why I... I did a bit of trading with him when he first dropped, because I figured he would be a requirement. Same with Yuri Teelmans. He does a little bit of job. Now he's not as good defensively, but he does hold that sort of middle ground. Um, And players like Amavi fill that left back spot in the league. So although on paper right now, these cards might not look amazing to a lot of people, you know, maybe give them an upgrade, but they do fill in gaps in the teams that some people are going to need and that could be very important in three to four mo- weeks time depending on what ea have planned in the future
0: yeah no i like that again definitely right now again these cars again they are good for now but also again with the potential upgrades too they have the potential in say one two three months time to also be good again with those upgrades and nice to see someone being optimistic and liking ea and hopefully thinking that EA are being smart about things and making sure that cards that come out early can be usable in the future and might be useful. I just want to see these milestone cards and milestone objectives come out soon because right now it's kind of getting a little bit tough to, uh, to play in the week as well. But Slate, I want to go to you next. Slate, what have you made of the Road to Knockout promo so far?
1: Yeah, I love Polly's take on on this team in terms of it happens every year. A promo comes out, a card that you didn't give two thoughts to, all of a sudden a week later looks very different because either you pack somebody in a new promo and all of a sudden they're a good link, or like they said, a milestone comes out. So I don't actually mind the teams at all. I actually, for a little bit, am starting to – it's kind of messed up the way they do it, but I kind of like this Sunday drop, and then the card's going out on a Wednesday – only because now you have these players that are incredibly limited in their supply that will become extremely rare. For example, Renan Lodi is basically bridging the gap. Like what he said between Brazilian left-backs that are available between, I think what um, Roberto Carlos and then nobody really else. There's not a lot of Brazilian left-backs and Brazilians are such a valuable commodity in the game. So a card like him, that's basically extinct on the market and is very, very rare. That's a card from this promo that will probably live on in the game for months and months. And touching on what he said earlier, it's so early in the game. They can't accelerate the power curve drastically. You have to slowly develop the game so that way more promos have more value to them. So you can't expect too much. I think the boosts are pretty straightforward. I will say the objective cards are disastrous. They're really, really bad. And it's actually interesting because I thought last year EA catered to the gameplay grinders more than they ever have. And maybe this year it looks like it's a slower build um, in that regard. But for the most part, I think it's a decent promo it's early in the year you can't expect anything too too crazy and i like a lot of the cards that are in this um and you can use a lot of them i mean manafa and that diaz card have a great link that verisimo looks like a super fun card to use grabbing birch is always a lot of these cards are actually kind of cool you can get tap soba in your team who i think could be a really great card to have for a couple of weeks or maybe in a month long term uh and brinkly cards are really, really good and that's a card that is should be way more coveted. is 30 K. So to me, if you're like not a trader, you don't have a ton of coins. These are like promo cards with um, dynamic images that you can get in your team very easily.
0: Have you had a chance to use any of these road to knockout cards yet as well?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've used um uh, Mookie LA for a long time as my right back. I actually don't mind them. Um, I actually use him over Akimi, not because he's better than Akimi, but I just like the idea of trying a new card out. Um, I did pack rain on Lodi uh, because my pack luck is crazy. So he's absolutely phenomenal, I will say. He makes Mendy to me look way more pedestrian than Mendy did. I thought Mendy was incredible, and now I've used Lodi. I think Lodi's a supremely better player. Um, I've used uh, Dan Juma. He's in my team as well. I think he's a decent little card. It's not polished, but very, very pacey. Uh, so yeah, I've actually been really lucky to use a lot of different cards so far. Grab and Birch I have as well. Um, I think he's a decent card in the midfield. So I like this team. I think it's pretty good, actually.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's good so far. I think well, obviously we'll kind of come back to, again, if these cards do get the upgrades, again, they'll be more usable in the future too, which again is kind of like a, I won't say a, a double promo, but again, the cards are boosted for now. And then obviously in the later, later on, they're still kind of, I guess, in the picture and not like previous promos where you get the promo cards in two months time. You don't, you don't want to use those cards because they're already kind of out of date. At least these have kind of an opportunity to be in date a second time. And I want to go over another, I'm not really an issue, but Team of the Week currently, for me at least, I think for most people, has become, again, essentially pointless, pretty much stale. In the first couple of weeks of the game, Team of the Week is kind of what everyone looks forward to. It's the first kind of, say, promo that we get, and it gives us a chance to kind of use cool cars with some dynamic images kind of to get special cards in your team but zero i want to go back to you first for this one what do you think ea can do to make team of the week kind of appear more enticing and kind of make people look forward to it every single week is is there a possibility they can do that or not
2: yeah for me the obvious thing that they could do to sort of spice up team of the week is just give us an additional featured team of the week card they already are giving us one a week why not give us two a week? It'll definitely spice it up. Start giving us more of those. Just like players who you would just never put in your team that are like below 80 rated. If they get a featured team of the week, all of a sudden they could be in everyone's team. You know what I mean? I think it could really mix things up as they decided to do that. Uh, maybe also choose better featured team of the week players. Suarez, not sure why that was chosen. Uh, so maybe, even, maybe if you don't give us two, maybe just choose better players for it.
0: Yeah, that's one thing. I know the, uh, the feature one, again, it d- gives players an opportunity to all of a sudden become really good. I know the first few weeks, the players were good. This week, Suarez makes no sense, especially with Jude Bellingham, who was in the kind of promotion for the feature team that we play. Also, Ansu Fati as well could have been in there as well. So it's a weird one too. Um, was there for you as well, especially going forwards with obviously like the foot champs and us getting into the, the week pack and the red picks. Do you think EA should change us getting Team of the Week players as red picks, or do you you like the way it is right now?
2: Uh, I like it the way it is getting Team of the Week players as red red picks. Like, if anything, it would just be so cool to see them give guaranteed current promo packs to the, even if they only give it to rank one, but just even if it's just one player from the current promo, it'd be such a cool, like, Neat little thing just to throw to those players who are reaching the top tier in the weekend league, where not only do they get the three team of the week players that are, what, 81 rated probably, uh, then you get a chance, a shot in the dark at a really good promo player. I think that'd be cool, but it's EA. I just don't see that ever happening.
0: It almost brings back memories of the old monthly rewards too, where the top players would also get an icon in the monthly rewards too. So that wouldn't be a bad idea, even if it's one. I know some people want promo cards to be in red picks in general, but even if, say, there's a rank where if you get to that rank, you do get a chance at promo card or a pick of one of three. Who knows how good they'll be, but it just gives you kind of more incentive to get to that next rank. And Slater for you, how how do you feel about Team of the Week so far? Do you think Team of the Week needs a revamp or not?
1: Well, they've kind of killed Team of the Week years ago. Um, If you actually look back historically through foot and you look at the upgrades that were given to team league players years and years ago, compared to what the last, I think three years, they've drastically decreased the, um, the upgrades these players get. And in a way I understand it. I don't want to be like a team EA here. I, I feel like, you know, giving them too much credit is never a positive thing, but once again, the team league comes out every single year, this year, more than any people are, I, I have two team of the week packs. I didn't have two team of teams. Pa- I had two team of the week packs the entirety of last year. I have two this week. People are getting team of the week packs very regularly. People are getting access to these cards. So in a way you think about the supply of team league players and the, your access to them is greater than ever. I don't really realistically think that there's going to be great team of the weeks this early in the game. They once again have to slowly trickle your players up the power curve. And if we had great team of the week players with crazy boosts and everyone was packing them, what would the game really look like? And um, I think that kind of plays into what Pauly said. He's enjoying the fact that teams aren't that crazy this year or, or everyone has the chance to have a decent team so far. And so I don't mind that team week isn't the spiciest thing in the world. And I don't mind that maybe one player every week is really all that valuable And having. Um, it's lame. It's a little bit boring to say, but it's kind of the reality of, of having something that comes out every single week. You kind of have to realize that it won't be so pee all the time.
0: I like that take, especially because these Team of the Week packs are so much easier to get, especially in foot champs. If the Team of the Week was a lot better, we see a lot of people with a lot more coins and a lot more better players in their team already. And again, going back to what EA always try and do with the game every single year, they want you to slowly build up your team. They don't want you having that kind of God squad early because they know the the more you need to improve your team, the more you'll keep playing whenever you get to that kind of final squad, that's when you see people stop playing the game and that's where mm-hmm. they kind of build the power curve up so slowly. But also going to Foot Champs later, do you think the way the kind of Team of the Week stuff in Foot Champs, do you think it should be improved like with red picks or not? Do you think they should add in promo cards?
1: It's a little bit of a double-edged sword, I would say. So like if you had rewards or even better and let's say they had what you talked about, like an icon, let's say if we did like monthly rankings in terms of weekly rewards, if we did if they they spice up the rewards even more than they already are i think it therefore makes Weekend league that much more competitive and i personally really do enjoy the casualness of Weekend league this year and i do enjoy the fact that i get to a rank if i get to rank three on a weekend or rank two whatever it is and i'm kind of cool with that i give away my games and i don't i move on and people give away their games to you and i feel like you only want to have so much competitiveness and so much drive to finish high because it actually ends up affecting you probably more negatively in the long term. Because no disrespect, I mean Bristow's pretty good at this game, but we're not all the most crack players in the world. So getting these high-ranking, crazy rewards for the best players really doesn't apply to any of us, and therefore dramatically, I think, makes our gaming experience actually more negative. So I kind of, I actually think they've done a really great job this year with the system
0: they have in place. So look at Slater here, given the giving EA a props, Slater. You're a you're a change man this year. You, you know,
1: I'm. Uh, I I saw that some people can get game changers, so I'm really I'm I'm putting my, <laughs> my words for next year.
0: <laughs> uh, we will see, but Paulie, I want to move on to you next year. What have you made of the team team of the week so far this year? Do, do you think it's kind of it needs changing at all? Or are you happy the way it currently is?
3: Um, I think it I think it needs changing. Um,
0: going back to sort of what Slater was getting towards. Now,
3: I can remember because I'm old. I remember the good old days on the <laughs> EA forums of everyone sitting there going, you know, typing out we didn't have footbin, we didn't have Discord and stuff like that. And there was a there'd be a thread and people would be typing out. Cristiano Ronaldo scored six goals against Getafe, he's got to get a plus five upgrade on his team of the week. And that was a plausible option. EA would do that. And sometimes if, if Ronaldo scored six goals one week, and then the next, or like a couple of weeks later, he only scored three goals. His second team of the week might actually be rated worse than his first one because he'd actually scored more goals. And I think this only ever happened a couple of times but there were instances that happened back then that were really important. Like, I think Messi got three team of the Weeks back to back to back because he just couldn't stop scoring goals. There was an inventive... But the thing was, those cards were ridiculously priced because promos didn't exist.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: They were the only special cards that existed in the game. Therefore, people were chomping at the bit to have them. I can remember quick story time taking my xbox 360 to my missus's house so i could bid on a third informed cristiano ronaldo card at like three o'clock in the morning she wasn't happy about it (laughs) but i won the cristiano ronaldo and i was chuffed um so like that's the difference promo cards exist now and the problem is the minute a promo card comes out these cards immediately fall even further behind the power curve And it's very hard to run Team of the Weeks and promos in tandem. Now, if I had to give EA a way to change it, it would be you need to make Team of the Week cards more, say, more fun, I would say. So a good example is like in the current Team of the Week, you have Crammerich, who is basically an absolutely dead-in form. No one's using Crammerich. Now, when I look at his card, I think, well... What if Krammerich had ninety-seven shooting? Right, <laughs> he's he still has seventy-four pace. He still has eighty-eight dribbling. He's still four-star, four-star. But if you give him ninety-seven shooting, and my mind goes back to I can remember a player called Do you remember Bastos?
0: Bastos. Back in, back in like... like ten informs every year.
3: Exactly, the man was a lunatic, right? But he still, he only had like 80 pace, but he'd have like 99 shooting. And because of that one stat, people wanted to play with him because they were like, well, this is going to be cool. So maybe instead of giving them just plus ones around the board, which basically doesn't make them very interesting, you know, give Endon Belay, give him 93 defending. On his, on, on his defending stat, he still has 74 pace and 74 shooting, but he's got a ridiculous defending stat. That changes his card. Just give Jude Bellingham 93 dribbling or stuff like that. And if he gets a second in form, give him a week for upgrade. Give him a skill move upgrade. If he gets to the point where he's got six in forms, he quite obviously deserves to have a couple of stats over 90. And maybe that upgrade is that. Have some fun with it. I remember the good old days with EA where they would give, when they gave Luis Felipe a bronze goalkeeper card because he went in goal for his team as an outfield player and saved a penalty or something like that. How many, how how long did the community cry out for a Kyle Walker goalkeeper card? Yeah, exactly. For years. You know, for years.
0: <laughs> years, Yeah. But,
3: I'm, I'm sat there and I'm like, I'm remembering the good old days of the forum spending <laughs> 600K on a bronze Lewis Felipe goalkeeper card. And I'm like, people would love that. People would absolutely love it because at the end of the day, these team of the week cards are absolutely dead. Make them fun. If you can do nothing else, make them fun. Give, give Ginter 99 physical or something like that, just to maybe change the dynamic up a bit. And then maybe people look at them in their team just to see what they're like. Give Kramerich 97 shooting, and I will buy him quite happily. <laughs> and I will drive the price up. I don't care. <laughs> but I think, I think that's just what EA need to do. Have a bit of fun with it again. My, the EA, I remember, had fun with Team of the Week, and that
0: was before promos. If
3: they can't have fun with it now, then I don't know what
0: they're doing. Exactly, almost almost. think about it, what's the point of Team of the Week if every single week there's going to be probably one at most or zero some weeks of players that won't get into a team. One thing I did see on Twitter from someone was only having 11 players in Team of the Week, but obviously being very specific with those players and making sure that they do get a good boost. If it's only 11, it kind of makes sure also that the same players don't get lots and lots of Team of the Weeks. They can kind of control it more. And also that then allows them to, if they do get in the team of the week, give them a bigger boost because they know they won't have to give them another bigger boost in the future also. But I don't know about that. So no, especially this team of the week, we've got, I mean, a load of players below 80 rated. On All these cards will never, never see the light of day in anyone's team. So maybe keep it to 11. But if a player does well enough to get into that team of the week, give them a big enough boost. So again, like, like Paul is going on about right here, making sure they are somewhat usable regardless, again, no one wants these cards that aren't usable, and I know they can't say give a, a fifty pace player ninety nine pace every single week, something like that. But at least give us something to kind of look forward to every single week, because again, it's already got to that part of the year with Team of the Week. I used to, especially in the first couple of weeks, I used to wait for like the the one PM on a on a Wednesday or six PM, and you look forward to Team of the Week. But all of a sudden now, it's just got to a point already where you don't care about it. It's just yeah. another like, uh, is that but, what it is? Yeah. Okay. The other thing as well
3: which I don't understand which baffles me mind blown right back in back in fifas of old you would have four or five silver players in the mm-hmm. team of the week
1: in bronzes
3: yeah even bronzes that
1: was when it was that was the dream
3: yeah. yeah and now ea have made it so there is an actual game mode where you use silvers and You don't tend to get, like, in the current team of the week, I think there are five players that are base silver. There is no reason for Seco to be a gold. Make him a silver in form. Mm -hmm. Rabahic, make him a silver. Kalitos, make him a silver. At least then it adds a little bit of diversity to it. And then, like you said, it limits the kind of players that you can get out of the gold packs, the amount of, the kind of information you get out of gold packs. But also... It adds that extra dynamic to silvers. And I mean, you can't say that we don't need more silver informs because look what happened with the silver in market last year. At one point, you couldn't buy a silver inform. No,
1: they're a fortune. There's too little and people didn't want them for their teams.
3: Exactly. They, they were yeah. literally, they were 30K across the board and eventually you had to snipe them to try and do the silver beast objective. So EA need to look at it and maybe go, well, all of these cards are base silvers let's just give them silver in forms. Like it doesn't it just give people. Yeah, something a, to it's get. a
1: systematic move from EA. I mean, they removed 400 K 400 coin bronze packs, right? They removed bronze players from the team of the week. They removed, this was years ago actually, but they removed, you know, a lot of silver players from the team of the week, stuff like that. They have systematically kind of uh, attacked in a way, I guess is the word I would say the people that used to really make their money in this game on, bpm not that it still doesn't exist nothing still isn't profitable but it's a little bit harder than it used to be silver team of the week trading silver team of the week players they've systematically removed them from the game the way they used to be they would way rather have you and i pack a 76 rated swedish card that is useless that's a discard than have us pack that card is a 74 which would instantly make him more valuable and they don't want you to pack a card that isn't good that's valuable they'd rather pack you a card that isn't good and isn't worth anything, and that I think is super lame. That takes away the fun of the game, which I 100% agree with Paulie because it's the game is more and more every year moving towards the business and the reality that EA know what they have on their hands. Where I think a couple years ago EA didn't even realize how much money there was to be made in this game and the way that people manipulated their game. So it's a bo- it is stale, it is boring. I I do agree, Team League is boring and stale. But man, I wish they brought bronze informs back. That's really the only thing I care about. Yeah,
2: Yeah, there's there's actually something I wanted to add in that Polly kind of reminded me of is I don't know if it was last year or this year that they mentioned like EA, I think, actually mentioned performance based upgrade cards where let's say they scored a hat trick, scored four goals. They would get a really good shooting boost. They gave three assists, four assists. They would get a really good passing boost. They completed X amount of dribbles, dribbling boost, um, weren't stopped, clean sheet, defending boost, you know, like things like that where they would heavily boost a certain stat based on how they performed. And I don't remember them ever implementing that. Like I don't know if like I'm just like drawing a blank on if that actually came into the game or not, but they mentioned it, but I feel like they just never did it. And that could easily be done with team of the week where like, let's say someone gets hat trick, give them a high 80 or, a low ninety shooting boost. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, they, the thing with that, though, they, I think they did it with two players and they were both SPC players. Going back to last year on their promotional stuff, I think the main thing they did was like a was Trent Alexander-Arnold scoring a free kick and saying if, if their players cause a free kick, they'll get a free kick accuracy boost. But that never happened. Um, I don't know why, because EA always seem to do that. They advertise a new thing in the game or some cool new addition. And we see it twice in the year and then that's it. So... It's a strange one. Again, Team of the Week remains to be seen if it will ever change. But like we are all saying, it's getting to the point now where it's basically pointless. It's a thing that people can make predictions on. We kind of look forward to it a little bit. But for the most part, Team of the Week is pretty much dead. But I want to move on to the next bit here. Obviously, Paulie is a silver trading extraordinaire. But Paulie, for you, have got a question here from the Little General. He says, make Paul tell a story about silver trading and how it all started the guy made so much coins last year; it was crazy. But Paulie, how did you get started with silver trading? Oh Lord, have mercy!
3: Um, okay, <laughs> so uh, when I was a wee boy, no, I'm joking. <laughs> so in in FIFA, in FIFA, what was it? it would have been twenty, because I, I I didn't play FIFA nineteen. I actually took a year off, and in FIFA twenty, I used to sort of dabble in trading and the first time I really got into it was when I started to notice the way that Paderborn silvers would um, fluctuate right I'm talking about expensive league SBC cars and I can see Slater immediately getting angry right he's like this is your fault this is why I had to pay 30k for Mikel from Paderborn
1: I gave him my mortgage for a Paderborn SBC one time
3: I know I'm not surprised and I was the reason you had to do that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so um so like i started to trade with that and, and i was like okay fair enough obviously there's a lot of money to be made out of league SBC players and then moving forward i ended up um becoming a part of the trading discord that i'm a part of the leveled up trading discord and there were people in there who were able to teach me some of the finer points of what i was seeing and the method and the idea behind it. But no one really traded with silvers. And then I ended up talking one night with um, Foot JPO, who's essentially become like one of my best friends in the Discord. And we used to stay up until stupid o'clock in the morning just looking at graphs on Footbin. And the first player that I think we ever noticed was St. Just. And I had had a, a love affair with St. Just since his Halloween card that I think he'd got the year previous. And I was like, man, St. Just is still a silver. This is madness. And we started, started trading with him. And then Silver Stars came out. And we started to realize the benefit behind trading with silvers. And this was when we were sort of, I think, one of the initial people to take up on this link investing with Silver Stars and what happened with. Aylton's price when uh, Silas got his inform. Aylton price ten k constantly, especially on Xbox. And over time, we sort of developed this. We didn't even realize we were doing it, but we were essentially creating this portfolio of trading with silver players. And then League SBCs came out, and I went on made a list going off of what I'd learned from Padborn players. You know, the oh, well, these are the teams that are going to struggle to make full squads because they have these gaps in the silver market. Um, and the one thing that I loved so much about the silver market was it actually worked. It, the way I describe it to a lot of people is like entry level icon trading. The reason icon trading is so effective is because icons have such a low pack weight. Their pack weight is is horrifically low. The chances of you getting a walkout is astronomical. The chances of you getting an icon is, is just ludicrous. But the reason silvers are so rare is because at least people open gold packs. No one opens silver packs because they're just not cost effective. Bronze pack method is viable because they're super cheap. And some of those bronze cards can sell for a good amount. Gold packs, you have to open them to get the best players. Why on earth would you open a silver pack when it sits financially right between bronze and gold? It's just, it's just not worth it. You would have to constantly be getting Venezia kits in order to make it financially viable. So that was kind of one of the things that I noticed pretty early on is that people need these silver cards. People want these silver cards, but absolutely nobody's opening silver packs. And we started to notice the, the ebbs and flows in the market the areas where supply came in where it was important and um and yeah it was it was a really amazing time and, and this year sort of we're trying to build on that i'm i'm trying to push it and i ended up spending 4 hours basically in a voice chat on discord last night with one of the other traders looking at lists of silver players and basically going, these are the kind of players that we like moving forward. Um, you know, these are the cards that if this happens, these cards will do well. Um, I think, for example, I, I'll give you an example while we're sat here. Um, and I think it was, be- I'll say it simply because I put it on Slater's Twitter earlier, is um, in Syria, Empoli is an all-silver team. There are no golds in that team. But also now a lot of people would look at that and go, okay, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Obviously Empley is a full silver team, but how do you know what to target? It's like, well, actually, if you look at their team, they have no left mids, no left wing, no right wing and no right mids. There's only one formation they can use for their league SPC, and that's a five, three, two. They've only got one left back, which means unless they brick slot it, which they can't brick slot every position and It's through analysis of going, okay, this team, all silvers, so the silvers are going to be valuable. These are the positions that they're lacking. Therefore, these are the formations that they're kind of locked to. These are the players that are locked in these positions. And going through that systematically, and that is something that I love. I love love that. I love that. That's freaking cool, man. I know. It's actually
1: actually why Ultimate Team is actually so cool is because you could – you could find a niche like that and go and, and get lost in the Empoli SBC and what it might look like. And that's like you, you basically played FIFA for four hours, but you didn't actually play the game. That's actually why Ultimate Team, I think, is such a brilliant game mode is because you can get lost in something like that. And it actually affects how many coins you'll make and what you'll put in your team. It's kind of the beauty of how complex this game is. And I will be buying a bunch of <laughs> these silver players <laughs> in advance because I did this in the I do this every year. Last year, oh man, I can't remember what team it was. Um, there it was in the City. There was another really like silver team. It was I think it was um Benevento. I think Benevento or something like that. One of those teams, whatever it was. Beginning of the year, I looked at it and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna preload these cards in my team because I know I'm gonna do the SPC. Um, and so I kudos to you. Um, I think that's actually such a cool aspect of the game that very few people look at that you could get lost in and, and, and really enjoy.
3: Yeah. And the one, the one reason why I love silver trading as well is it's because silver cards inherently tend to sit quite low on the market, especially at this point in the game is it's a very low barrier for entry for Mm -hmm. a lot of people. You know, if you're, if you like the idea of investment trading, but maybe you don't want to be spending, you know, you don't want to go out there and say, spend, a million coins on buying road to the knockout discards or something like that which is going to financially cripple you but you go well actually I, the idea of putting 50k in doesn't bother me well 50k can buy you you know if you get them on bid and stuff like that 50k could buy you 70 to 100 silver players and if these silver players do well and of course you know we all i'm sure people listening to this right now are going to be going well i know who the i know who the Bad teams are in the premiership. I know who the bad teams are in the Bundesliga and stuff like that. I know who to look at. And then it just is is going through the processes. And of course, there's other things. You have stuff like milestone objectives. If they bring them out, icon swaps is always a big one.
0: Big one. Um, Yeah.
3: Last last year I I estimated I made about six to seven million coins off of trading silvers simply during the different icon swaps incidents over Incredible, the course because it's that yeah. first
1: day that matters it to is, everybody yeah. yeah you guys know I'm, I'm not a trader by any means i mean I, <laughs> like, I i'm maybe the most inept man on the planet when it comes to that and i actually made a ton of coins on just because i had do so much bpm and so many packs all year long that when those would come out argentina silvers or you need a portuguese silver something like that I just go through my club and all of a sudden I'd make 180 K in a blink of an eye. And then I, that I, I'd be sitting on 10 K for two months. And all of a sudden I'd have 200 K in my bank. So uh, it's super plausible. And I like the idea probably because you touched on it earlier, man, trading is becoming very, very sorry. It's like an open conversation now, but trading is becoming like really, really popular in FIFA now, Mm -hmm. almost the point where it's maybe an oversaturated market. People are always trying to figure out what's the next investment and silver trading is probably not nearly as, um, nearly as competitive or full of, a, of an area, which allows people the chance to actually make um, ends meet there.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably the biggest plus too. I mean, I know, I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a silver trader by any means, but I know even going off last week with the the Randian Tekka card, there was only one kind of good strong link. There was a silver player, was I think it was Fran Garcia. I think I picked up about 10 for 400 coins. The very next yep. day, he sold all 10 for 3,000 coins. Wow. Just little things yeah. like that. But again, like what Paulie said there, silver trading, there's not a lot of people doing it. There's a lot of kind of deals there that if it was a gold card, that deal wouldn't be there for that long. But because people aren't looking at these silver cards, the deals are always there. Well, not always there, but kind of the window to pick them up is a lot bigger. But no, it's interesting. Again, I think definitely because like what Slate said there, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people now are trying to be a trader. But there is very kind of, there's untouched areas of trading that are still very profitable. And if you kind of target those areas... You haven't got to worry about kind of competition from other people as well, but no, I really like that and again, especially as we're going to go obviously into kind of when the most important time to do silver trading is. But obviously, touching there like with icon swaps, and obviously when we get league species as well. So be interesting to see kind of how it goes this year and kind of your journey with the uh, with the silver trading.
3: There, um, there, there's just there's one story, just quickly going on the time thing that I love to tell people. Right, this this is a story. Um, this is uh, leveled up guy who runs the discord this is his favorite story of what i did um we hold a 6 p.m voice call in the discord every day for content drops so that we can react quickly to it and um i was the i was the main advocate of that i was like why do we not have a voice chat i want it it's important so we did it and um one day i had to pick my partner up from work she was she worked at a fast food place and i was sat in the car outside and it was about to turn six o'clock and i was like i'm obviously i'm sat here so i've i'm sat in the car park i've got my phone out i've logged into discord on my phone i've joined the voice call and uh i'm like i'm saying to Jonas or xinia i'm like tell me the content if it's important and he's like the error milestone is there and i'm like oh, my God, of course, this is going to drop when I'm not there. So there I am screaming at my phone to 60 people sat in. Uh, and if anyone was watching me from outside the car, they'd be like, <laughs> what the hell is this guy doing? And I'm screaming at the phone by Obispo. And everyone's like, who? And I'm like, Obispo, he's a silver centre-back in the era Eredivisie. And they're like, why? And I'm like, just listen to me and do it, you idiots. So... Everyone just goes and buys this Obispo card for 2K, like I said, buying for under 3K. Now the reason was because of stuff I'd looked at previously, I knew that Obispo was the fastest center back in the era That even bar golds. He he had like 83 pace. And um I was like, I was like, okay, cool, perfect. Buy Obispo. See you later, boys. My partner's now come out of work. I get home. Jonas then Zinja calls me. On my phone, he's like, "You do realise that Bispo is now 10k," and I was like, "Of course I, do. of course I know that. I told you to buy him." And he's like, "I genuinely can't believe that you've just done that from a car with without a computer in front of you. You've literally just..." And I was like, "Yeah." And and that is some of their one of their favourite moments. And and before FIFA 22 came out, Senior said to me, he was like, "The one thing I'm looking forward to in FIFA 22." is you sat in a car shouting random players' names that no one's heard at down on your phone. Because that's what I live for now in the silver market. And I was like, that's what I'm here for. That's why I'm here.
0: No, I look forward to see how it goes this year as well. And hopefully, I mean, I'm have to go through now and have a look at all the quickest players from all these leagues. It might be the milestones to try and make a bit of coins there. But no, great story there. I do want to move on to, we have got the the kind of, the Scream slash kind of Rule Breakers promo coming up. We're hoping it comes this Friday. It's more than likely going to be a Rule Breakers. I know they're kind of trying to get away from kind of Halloween kind of footmast kind of religious kind of promos. But I want to go over kind of cards that you wouldn't mind seeing and kind of your favorite kind of Scream, Halloween, Rule breaks, whatever promos from previous years. Zero, so I know even have Quartley there quietly because not really a trader at all. And not really much of a gameplay player right now either. Um, <laughs> oh, that is just... But Zero for you, uh... kind of, I know you mentioned off podcast, but what have you liked from previous promos and what would you kind of like to see added to this year if you kind of had the chance to choose what they choose?
2: Yeah, so I was actually a tiny bit late to the call because I dove a little bit deep into FIFA 19's screen promo, which in my opinion was the best Halloween promo they've ever done. Um, the way that one worked was players were given two 90 rated stat upgrades, like just two random stats on their card. They were 90 rated. And then throughout the year, I think you were saying it was a full moon, they would switch the 90 rated to a different two different stats. Or um, so it just made these players, and it was. A full team of just very non-meta players that you would never play with: Sergio Busquets, Diego Costa. Just all these like random players that were either like these strikers that were usually super clunky, super slow, or these players that never had any pace. Um, and it gave these cards a chance to rotate in and out of the meta depending on the two stats that got the boost. And I just thought that was so awesome that it was it, it would like it could be January and then all of a sudden. Uh, a cdm that was not usable at all got a 90 90 rated pace now it's all 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 of a sudden it's one of the better cdms in the game so it just made it so that it was these cards were just usable throughout the year and i think i'm sure traders had a heyday with it because as soon as they saw that upgrade they probably went and just bought as many as they could of that card and then flipped it for profit i'm sure that would be awesome to see again so if they could bring back Something similar like that, like Rule Breakers to me, was garbage. I did not like any of the Rule Breakers cards. I think the like headliner player was Harry Kane, garbage card. I just think that they should bring back the Scream idea of the cards that cycle through stats.
0: No, I like that too. And again, what, what you touched on there too also is that we want promos that give us kind of a, a bigger pool of usable players. Again, we... We have the same usable players that get in these promos and their gold cards are good already. But it's not nice to see new cards chucked in there to then give you kind of more squabbing ideas and say a really slow play, it's so a massive boost in pace. Again, just making more players usable so you have a bigger pool of players to choose from. But Zero for you as well. Can you pick a, can you pick a few players that you wouldn't mind seeing in this promo? Um, In this
2: promo, it's just hard to say because like Rule Breakers, they it was it was just what like
0: you oh can this pick, you can pick any slowed. any players you want any players you want it's a lot of players I, to pick from
2: i think um i mean it's hard to say because all of my favorite players right now are all players that already have a special card like taliska the best striker in the game uh if he got a rule breaker card that gave him like 90 plus pace i would probably never go outside i would only play with this card all day every day play him on four camera street doesn't matter um, you can't think, pick a, whole,
1: a player in FIFA. That's what I mean. We've well, got like a I'm, million I'm players. First,
2: okay, but like I'm first on RTG, so like I'm. Just yeah, so pick somebody it. you'd want to use. But I don't know. I don't know. Say, so, I've only been able to try a handful of players, so there's no way for me to say, oh yeah, this guy that I bought for a thousand coins, I would love to see him. Without, there's no way for me to say that
1: because I. Not to... you've tried. It doesn't matter if you tried him or not. Who's a player you like in in? I think FIFA. okay. Right, just a I would
2: like I would like a LeCrack with a just a fat upgrade to everything there you go 95 (laughs) pace 90 defending absolute monster i would love him but he would not make my team because i'd have to pack him and i'm not built like that this year my pack look is very uh fraudulent this year last year maybe you would have packed him but this year not so much.
0: it's good to see you come back down to earth that's what i'll say i (laughs) had enough enough of seeing your packs all over twitter last year so yeah i'm i'm quite okay with your packs being uh, below par this year Paulie, for you, what have you liked from previous kind of Halloween and Rule Breaker promos? And what do you hope they bring this year?
3: Uh, so I I probably am in the same boat with Rule Breaker. Rule Breaker was was weird. The only card out of the Rule Breaker promo that I really enjoyed was the existence of Ike Para's Rule Breaker card. Just because once again, because of his League SBC card from FIFA 20. I, I loved him. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And then he got the rule breaker card, which gave him ridiculous pace. And then sort of going back to something that I think Slater said earlier, we had the incident where Apara was about 20,000 coins. And then they released the MLS milestone players. And next thing you know, Apara was extinct on, I think both consoles. It, it was mad, just a really fun card to just exist. Um, now, I didn't actually play FIFA 19, so I didn't get to experience that. I, I took a, a year off to focus on playing World of Warcraft again, which was a great idea. I hate my life. Um, but after after that, I came back and I really enjoyed the, the screen promo in FIFA 20 simply because I was a big advocate of actually playing Tony Cruz. And when they gave Cruz his card, which suddenly had like, 35 more pace and you know he he had that ridiculous passing he had enough pace to actually keep up with players and he still had that five star weak foot he was just a really fun card to play with um so like for me i and that that promo as well had a dama card which was blew a lot of people's mind when it first came out and it had st just so that pro that promo to me had some great players and there were some really good players to trade with as well. I know Gamiero was actually surprisingly popular amongst a lot of people. So he was a really fun card to trade with for a
0: while. Yeah, now Rule Breakers should be interesting. I know the past Halloween ones, I think, have been a lot better than, say, Rule Breakers last year. The only issue of Rule Breakers was that they had to make a card's stats worse somewhere else to make it better in other places. I know there was a Marcus Lorente who I think had a, a big boost with his defending and his pace, but his dribbling and passing was a lot lower. So it kind of made him good, but bad at the same time. I think the stand-up for me Lash would be that Anaki Williams card that was amazing, but I never did, and I was like, this card's not going to be that good. Every time I played against him, he scored at least one goal, and I hate playing against <laughs> him, but let's well, see what they do this year. And Slater, for you, what have you liked from previous years and what do you hope they bring this year to the kind of Halloween slash Rule Breakers promo?
1: Yeah, continuing on the theme of uh, what we've been talking about, there was a time where bronze cards got uh, a screen card. Emery Moore was like one of the coolest bronze cards in the game and then got a screen um, or a Halloween, whatever they call it that year, card. And I actually had that card at one point and had the time of my life playing with a card like that. So which they've kind of instituted this year through, or at least last year through Silver Stars. They started at least midway through the year. Giving promo cards as Silver Stars cards, and I would love if we did that again um, this year, um, and, and really had a bunch of juice Silver Stars cards. So they actually look really good, like Inteka and um, Sulemana, or Whatever you say his name, the first one that came out, both phenomenal cards, usable cards, um, I think, in this game. So I would like if they did something like that. If they had some silver or, or just kept some flair in the game, some wacky cards that got uh, boost this year. Uh, and Emery Moore was my favorite ones. And then if I had to pick a player, by the way, which is much easier for me to do than than zero, apparently. <laughs> I to me, every single year of FIFA deserves a Zlatan Ibrahimovic promo promo card. And I know there's this like concern where he like tweeted at EA last year. He's like, "Why am I not getting paid?" I don't even know if that actually matters or not. If it doesn't, I he's like perfect for a rule breaker or a screen promo. He's like the most intimidating badass player in football. I would love to see a Zlatan card that's usable early in the game. That would make me super, super happy. And if they're going to do Rule Breakers again this year, please just make more usable cards at the end of the day. But uh, I would love to see a Zlatan card again. That, that to me, makes FIFA fun.
0: Yeah, the Zlatan case is kind of interesting. I know he tweeted about EA, and I feel like ever since it happened, he's not received any cards, which, he, no. I mean, he had the possibility to. And I feel like he would sell packs too. You know, he's a fan favorite amongst a lot of people. So it's a strange reason why he's not him an- and Bale basically yeah.
1: both, and then Bale didn't get one either, and it it makes me wonder: does that mean if every player was like
0: well, Bale got his flashback near Tots, I think, End of did last he? Okay, well then yeah. then
1: let's get a Zlatan <laughs> card in here. What are we waiting for, people? That guy is that guy is as synonymous with Ultimate Team as any player in this game.
0: As long as you don't make him like FIFA 19's Zlatan, I'm more than happy because that that's Zlatan. That that's kind of partly the reason why I hate FIFA 19. El Tornado cross back post. Well, uh, we don't have goal. that as much
1: this year, to yeah. be fair. But yeah, be um, and, and pace isn't as important. Me and you talked about this like a, a little bit ago. I mean, it is important, but you can be a good player in this game right now and not have 90 plus pace. Um, and so as time with 70 something pace could be
0: super, super fun to use. Probably right now with this market, it would still be about 20K, but yeah, we will see. <laughs> I do want to move on to some listener questions here to finish up. First question here, it got from Roy, is my question is, what is the one thing you think is most important when defending? Zero, I'll go to you first. I know you've had a bit of trouble with defending, especially with tackling Zero, but what kind of advice would you give for defending?
2: Um, I think the thing right now that I'm most struggling with is, for some reason, my players on the defensive side will just run to keep somebody on side. Like The player will, will start making a run and my center backs will make it their life's goal to keep that player on side. And they'll run deep all the way into the six yard box. So I think it might be more important this year than previous years to start trying to use the offsides trap to cancel that out. So that's pretty important. And then I think just not diving in with your players. Like I I know I do it so much, but um, just don't pull your center backs out of position. Defend with your CDMs and only dive in with that center back if you absolutely know you're going to win the ball. Because as soon as you dive past with a center back, you're already open for one or two runs in behind you, and it's it's basically a goal from there.
0: Yeah, definitely. The the kind of the the center backs following the runners is a weird one this year. I know. I think it's only a new gen issue, but I think definitely offside trap can kind of can kind of mitigate that a little bit. And Slater, so for you, what, what advice would you give to people uh, in regards to defending this year?
1: This is like if you want to get better at defending, right? Yeah, yeah. The, okay. Uh, I think zero made... I would say two things because I pride myself in defending. It's I'm a terrible attacker, so I, I have to make my living in, in defense. Um, I think the first one that he said was just don't pull your players out of position. It is super, super valuable. Another one is typically if you think you're a bad defender, it's not actually because... Every time someone's attacking and they're getting through you, it's because when you turn over, when you get the ball back, you're turning it over in the midfield and you're compounding pressure on yourself. So what I would always suggest to people that don't think they're really a good defender, I would record your gameplay. I would watch yourself play the game and I would maybe see how many times are you turning the ball over in the midfield with a midfield player or a defender, and now they're out of position. And you're getting attacked and pressure is compounding. Typically, that's what honestly makes people think they're a worse defender than they really are. And so I would honestly say one of the best things you can do in defense is making sure that you are keeping the ball and getting out of your um, your side of the half on a consistent basis. And that typically will help resolve some of your issues.
0: One thing I'd like to add to that, too. I think this year, the second man press is really important. And one type that I found that's worked no, really no, well. No, no, no.
1: Don't use the second man press.
0: One tactic that's worked really well is if a basically if you're trying to pressure the ball carrier, get a man close to that player, switch back to a different player, then get on second man press. And that second man press player will then mark the player with the ball while you can control the other player behind it. Yes, it's variety, but being in the elite division, every man and this dog does it. It's horrible to play against, but it is the best thing to do this year. If you can get the hang of that, You'll be a hell of a lot of a better player, but yeah, second man press this year. If you can figure that out, again switching over the player, it be- basically you haven't got to defend for some parts, which
1: it's BS. It's horrible, and I want to let you know that I got rank one and I haven't used it. I haven't used it all year. I don't use I don't use second man press because it's it is a BS mechanic in the game. It, it is uh, the fact that you cannot play defense and defend. Is ridiculous, it's a horrible mechanic. If you want to use it, yeah, I get it. Bristow's a rat, you can join him in that. But we should, as a community, boycott Second Man Press because it is counterintuitive to what we all want, which is a less AI defensive base game.
0: Hey, last year I wasn't a slave to the meta, I didn't do the direction Nutmeg, and I got found out this year I've got no option but to do it. So, oh well. Next question here I've got. There's a, a lot of talk about club stocking. Is there a trick or method to keep a track of what's in one's club to avoid buying dupes? It's from Purple Cactus. Paulie, I want to get this one to you. Is there any way you can suggest kind of to help people with club stocking? to you kind of want keep a track of what they've got in their club?
3: Um, okay, how do I say this without getting an angry message from the guy that runs the Discord? Um, okay, so I'll tell you what I'll do, what I do. It's the easiest way to do it, right? Listen up, kids. <laughs> Make so. I'll use the example. This is this is what I did last year that I found was just phenomenal. We we tended to see quite a common period where um, EA would release daily SBCs that would cause rare rare players to go up in price, and eventually, most of the time, it tended to affect silver players uh, because people people would just use them. It it was pretty easy. I can remember the. Um, one of the biggest instances we had was there was a, an SBC that required you to have eleven rare players, and they all had to be German, and it re- it basically caused the German rare silver market to explode. So I used to advise people to club stock, you know, certain cards. And what I would say to people is, work out what cards you want. Now it takes a bit of setup. Build a concept squad with all of the players that you want and once a week or whenever you want to, when you feel that they, they're at their lowest, go through and compare price and buy them. If they're at a, ch- a price you like, buy them and fill the concept squad, starting 11 subs and reserves. And you now know that you have an, if at any point an SPC comes out that requires one of those players, you sell them on the market and then you just buy them again. Because you can see that their concept is sat there and not the actual player. And that way, you know that you're not buying multiples of the same of the same card. I found that that was really effective. However, eventually you tend to reach a point where you do want to club stock multiples of the same card. But if you do want to club stock, try and focus on a certain amount. Like don't just go, I want to buy one of every player because it is, it's very difficult to do that it is very difficult but if you say i want to have a good club stock of rare german center backs you know i want to have one of every rare german center back in the game go onto Footbin, search it rare german center backs and then build a concept squad and then once a week stock your club with that concept squad and you eventually get to the stage i was at where i had 10 concept squads all of different variant types of players and that's how i was club stocking and then eventually after a while you get a natural knack and people will go there's no way that happens but you you tend to start to run this internal excel spreadsheet in the back of your head where you're going i know i've got one of you in my club i know i've got one of you in my club um i know i i I've got three of him, but actually I don't mind taking a fourth because I know that he sells very well. So that's what I would advise for people in regards to if you want a club stock and really keep on top of it. Next to that, you're going to be looking at stuff like Excel spreadsheets and, and stuff like that. I think that's just too far of a stretch. That's going to take up way too much time, at least with the concept squad. Once you've built it, it's there, it stays, and you can just run through it once two, once, twice a week and make sure you have those players in your club.
0: Yeah, no, I like that idea. I think it's something different to, again, a lot of people suggest to do like spreadsheets and stuff like that. Again, at least with concept squads, it's on your console already. You don't need another monitor next year. Not everyone's blessed to have multiple monitors and stuff on their sub either, but so I really like that. Final two questions here, I want to go through kind of quickly. First one here is from Butter. He says, has this FIFA been the best gameplay-wise since FIFA 19? And do you guys feel that SPCs and objectives have been underwhelming? Zero for you first. What's your opinion on this question?
2: Very strong opinion on this question. Uh, Well, for the first part of the question, at least, about the gameplay since FIFA 19. Um, I think FIFA 19, right before they nerfed time finesse shots, was one of the best videos I ever played because it was just so satisfying hitting that green time and seeing it hit the back of the net. And FIFA 19, if I remember correctly, had really, really good AI defending where everyone would literally just play their CDM, never switch to their center back, and that's how they defended. And most people did that and they didn't change that. So when they nerfed the life away from time finesse shots, it made scoring so much harder on that game. And FIFA 19, I think was one of the only FIFA's or FIFA 19 and 20 I quit before December, before team of the year even came out because they were just terrible for me. And um, so the best gameplay wise since FIFA 19 uh, I think it's just tied with 21 I think saying since FIFA 19 is kind of weird because I would consider 17 and 18 kind of the peak of gameplay like they were in my well, since, since. yeah I know that's asshole. what I'm saying like <laughs> 19 20 were awful 21 was a little bit better 22 is just kind of I guess on par with 21
0: okay and what about SPC as an do you think they've been underwhelming I mean, so far it's been underwhelming, but I feel like that's how always how it is at the start. Uh, I mean, they they can't just give us a ninety nine
2: pace player off the rip, so it's not going to be anything crazy. I did actually do most of the ones to watch SBCs and objectives. I think they were great value, or you know, not hard to do. With the option of being an upgrade in the future, like they're definitely cards that could be even if you just got got them as fodder. Like I think Silva had one or. Um, and he's an 84, if he gets an upgrade, he's 85. He's a decent fodder to use, especially if something's like, oh, you need a once to watch plus or a team of the week or anything like that. I just feel like there are good cards to hang on to. Um, so in that sense, I guess they've been okay, but I mean, it's, it's early game. It's just hard to say, oh, they've been good or, they, or they've been bad.
0: Yeah. Uh, Paulie, for you, your, your answer to those two questions, what are they?
3: So um, I've actually, I've quite enjoyed the gameplay, to be honest. I, I find that, especially sort of late at night when I reach a point where I'm really not overthinking things, you know, when you get, you reach that point in the night where, you know, you've reached that sort of um, hyper-focus mode in, in gaming where you're, you're just all in on it. And I see, I'm just playing really nice football. I'm not necessarily playing really nice FIFA, but I'm playing really nice football. And, and that actually, this year is seems a lot more viable Um, Now, of course, I don't play in the elite tier. I'm rank two. Um, I'm div two. Um, But even in weekend league, I was like, "Do you know what? I can actually play this pass and move style football. I can play my triangles. I can try different things. And I was like, even in regards to mixing things up, I'm not always trying the same thing. And that's what started to throw people a lot. It's like one time you get the ball, you try and dribble through players. The next attack, you actually try and play it down the wings and put a cross in. And I can remember very early on in this game, um, funnily enough, going back to sort of what Slater said earlier, I, I actually packed Ebra in one of my first packs. For the first 20 games I played, I played Ebra up front and he was an absolute monster. And a lot of it came down to because you would play against people and you're like, ah, I see you've still not got used to not having Prime Icon moments R9 (laughs) up front because you're just trying to run at my defence and it's just not going to work. I think the gameplay this year is is actually completely viable. And bear it in mind, that's coming from someone who thinks football games peak the the club football games on PlayStation (laughs) 2. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, as a trader that does like the game, I actually have enjoyed this FIFA. I didn't play FIFA 19, so I don't have the ability to compare it to that, but people do speak very highly of it. But for me, I, I am enjoying actually playing the game this year.
0: That's good to hear. And Slater so for you, answer to, answer these two questions here, best gameplay-wise, and what's your thought about the SPCs and objectives too?
1: Yeah, gameplay is, it's interesting. I, there's still things I don't like. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I know people, I think as a whole, the community thinks this is... A better game it seems at least from what i see on on twitter and social media and being in people's streams and i do think it's it's maybe a better game i still think the the core issues over ai defensive defensive issues in the game and also passing mechanics i think are still um maybe not where they need to be but I do think it's a, it's a decent game. I, and I think maybe a lot of that is because it's not as stressful of a game. I don't take it as seriously. I'm still psychotic. I was playing earlier today and I was screaming in my room by myself. Don't get me wrong, but I can, a game ends and it doesn't feel like it affected. It doesn't feel like it has much weight to it. So maybe because we're not as interested in, in what every game means, maybe that makes it therefore seem like a better game. But I don't think it's a terrible game here or there. I do want to say, I think SPCs are really good. Especially player SBCs. Uh, You can get Kostic for 30K. You can get Politano for 30K. Bernardo Silva is an 88 overall Premier League player on Man City that's probably going to get multiple upgrades. That is, I think, a reasonable price because fodder is so cheap. Now, granted, I think there should always be a daily SBC. I think that is such a low bare minimum from EA, even if it's just a gold pack. I think people should always have an incentive to do an SBC every day to get a pack every single day. Uh, But I think from a player SBC, perspective i don't know why people think it's not a great year i i look at i get teams sent to me you do all of us do the few streams like that and every one team has all these player spcs so people are doing them if you didn't like them that much then why are you doing all these spcs so to me i think the spcs are really really good um, and really, really cheap. And to me, I think that's a, a huge positive. And then from objectives, that one, I don't think there's a single person on the planet that thinks this has been a good objective run, though. Kama Bingo was nice as a first offering. Since then, it's been a pretty downhill uh, slope from them. And Andre's useless, is who gives? Who would ever care about getting that card? Um, I will say, I do think the friendly stuff for four wins, that stuff I really do like from an objective standpoint. So um, objective's not as good, but I don't think SBCs deserve the hate that they're getting.
0: Yeah, hopefully it starts to ramp up a bit. I know everyone's argument is, oh, it's early in the game, it's early in the game. But we've been here three, four weeks now. Hopefully it starts to pick up more. And finally, really quick answer for this one here. This question here from Cal. Are you Ollie in or Ollie out? Zero, <laughs> for you first. Oli in or Ollie out?
2: Um, I mean, I don't really have a strong opinion here. I think that I'm just surprised that they haven't gotten him out already. Like the fact that they, they just lost five zero and they were like, okay, we'll give you another game. I thought that five zero loss was should have been enough for them to just cut the ties. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they're really just trying to. I think if anything, they're giving him another chance because he was an ex United player. So they're just kind of be like, ah, you know, we liked you when you were here, so we're just gonna we're giving you another chance. You know, if you don't step it up, but I I think that he should have already been gone, honestly, but.
0: Just... Paulie, what's your opinion on this? Ollie in or Ollie out?
3: Um, I I'd actually say keep Ollie in. Um, I I am, even though you know I'm from the UK, <laughs> I have always supported Real Madrid, and I loved when Zinedine Zidane was manager. Absolutely loved it when Zizou was manager of Madrid, and we had some rough times, but when the times got good seeing that man as a legend. I tell you what, Iker Casillas could be manager of Real Madrid. We could lose every game in a season. I'd still be like, God bless you, Lord Iker. I don't care. I think if you can't back players that are legends of your club, now don't get me wrong, Oli, he was a very good super sub. Maybe he's not that legend status, but I can tell you what, if Eric Cantona was currently manager of Manchester United, people wouldn't be shouting this way about him because he was a legend of the club. I think really you need to give these guys an opportunity to um just give give them a chance give them a chance they want to do well for the club you can't tell you can't say it's about the money they are ex players of these clubs they love these clubs and they want to do well if they're losing matches it's because something else is going on and i think you know you have to support those players if you can't support your legends you can't support anyone
0: yeah, it's a tough one, especially when a club employs a former legend. Again, like Chelsea. Chelsea had Lampard. They sacked Lampard and they won the Champions League of two. So it's a tough one there. And it for you. What's your take on this? Oli in or Ollie out?
1: Yeah, I'll preface it the way he did. I don't support a Premier League club. I have no emotional tides at Manchester United, nor in favour or against. I would say the moment that your club is in a situation where they're going, we'll see how he does on Sunday. That probably means that you should fire the guy. Um, not that I'm not anti Ollie and I, I think that they they have a lot of talent on that team they should probably be doing a little bit better but I think if you're in a situation where it's apparent to everybody and Ollie's obviously very apparent of to this too that if you don't win on versus Spurs you're done well if you've gotten to that low you probably need to move on already Um, so to me they should probably move on from Oli and, and find somebody else as a manager
0: yeah I like that take I'm going to go through all I guess where you can find them zero first where can people find you
2: uh, on Twitch, ZeroIQTV with an underscore. Everything else, there's no underscore, just Twitch.
0: And Zero, when are your, when are your streams right now as well?
2: Uh, I'm streaming Monday and Wednesday. I was originally doing 8 p.m. Eastern. I'm now actually switching 7 p.m. Eastern, which I think is like 12 a.m. UK, something like that, until the time change, that always messes up everything. It makes me have to change when I'm telling people, but uh, we'll get to that point. Sounds 7 a.m.
0: or 7 p.m. Sorry, Eastern. 70 i want to that's a bit early for you slater where can people find you
1: yeah it's a uh, slater ac on twitch um and slater ac i think on most socials barring tiktok i think is maybe the one that has an underscore but if you type in slater ac i should be the only one that shows up anyways um and i stream monday through saturday uh monday through friday 6 p.m uh central time which is midnight uk uh and then on the weekends it's a little bit different from there depending on what i'm doing so uh that is my
0: schedule and also, also on Twitter, every single day, the daily content drops too around content. Tell them, sales. baby. There we go. <laughs> and
3: YouTube nowadays, by the way. YouTube as well, yeah. okay.
0: And um, mm-hmm. Paulie, where can people find you?
3: Uh, so on Twitter, I am just at Paulie Footer, which is P-A-U-L-Y and F-U-T-T-E-R. And I am actually making my return to Twitch this week. Once, uh, once my new backdrop turns up where I will be Destroying my soul on stream, doing an Anarchy Williams uh, Road to Glory, where I will actually also be doing fitness stuff. So it is a road to glory in the game and a road to glory for me as well to finally get rid of what COVID has done to my body.
0: <laughs> I look forward to seeing that. <laughs> um, Paulie, have you got a schedule uh, already or is that kind of TBA right now? The plan is for me to start streaming around
3: 9pm UK time, probably to around midnight, so there'll be short streams, but God help me, they'll be worth it for everyone watching.
0: Nah, sounds good. Appreciate it, guys. <music>